You're listening to Managing Leadership Anxiety, Yours and Theirs, a podcast offered in partnership with Missio Alliance. Each episode, we discuss internal and relational pressures, how they block effective leadership, and how we can move through them to a greater health. And now your host, Steve Cuss. All right, folks. Hey, we made it to the end of the 2022 season. Congratulations, first of all. And uh, welcome to the final season wrap-up. Um, you know, this whole season, we've been really focusing on the nature of power and encouraging our listeners to pay attention to power dynamics. Of course, we often think of power dynamics by looking outside of ourselves. And so we have had guests on who are not from majority culture, for example. We've talked about men and women and the power dynamics there. But of course, with this podcast, what we're most interested in is always beginning with the power dynamics inside of us. We just don't spend enough time thinking about the way we think. And asking the simple question, is the way I think and my assumptions and the story I tell myself, is it liberating or is it oppressive? And so this season, we, we simply set up an idea that there are all kinds of power in us and around us. Most power is oppressive, whether it means to be or not, it's oppressive. It comes on top, it pushes us down, it oppresses us. But we believe and have experienced that gospel power, the power of Jesus Christ, comes underneath us. Paul says in Philippians 2 that God is a servant. It's an absolutely scandalous idea. No wonder no one really took him seriously much back then because the idea that God would actually come underneath us in order to liberate us and set us free. Paul says it's for freedom that we're being set free. And when you first hear that, it just sounds like a, a circular argument, like it's for freedom that we're being set free. But actually, it's really the heart and soul of what this podcast is about. So most of you will be listening to this coming into December, uh, X number of days till Christmas, however many it is for you listening. Like if you're getting this podcast hot off the press, which is where, you know, my favorite listeners do as soon as we release it, you download it. Then what, what you're like 20 days until Christmas on this episode. But some of you are grabbing the podcast later. You're probably in a rush. You're probably hurried. And what we're hoping that this podcast offers is a little breather, just a few minutes. You don't have to change your whole life. Just a, just a few minutes to get off the hurry and reactivity treadmill. Take a deeper than normal breath, pause and remember the Lord. Because the simple reminder is that God is with us, but our chronic anxiety says God is not with us. It's all on me. I must, I must. And we become the, the active agent rather than the reactive agent. You know, in the gospel, God acts, we respond. But in anxiety, we have to do all the acting. So when Jesus says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light, if we're filled with chronic anxiety, we hear the words of Jesus and we say, that's not true. Turns out we believe in the moment that God's burden is heavy. But that's because we're not carrying God's burden, we're carrying the burden of chronic anxiety. So this podcast, anytime I don't have an out-of-state guest, let's call it, uh, you hear this sound. And I don't mean to brag, but my lighter has gotten much more consistent. And what I do is just pause and just light a candle. That's what I just did right now. This, of course, is the uh, reliable olive oil, thyme, and patchouli candle. 
Just as a visual reminder, and for those of you listening, an audible reminder, that the light of Christ shines bright, and uh, God's light shines brightest in darkness. And there was never a more dark season than that first Christmas when Herod was on a rampage, and God entered the picture as a fragile baby. It's, It's unbelievable. It's almost too good to be true. And God did that to liberate us. So, in this field, chronic anxiety, the simple idea that some of the ways that we think actually oppress us and we can be free, and yet, if left unchecked, we don't end up experiencing the freedom that's available to us. All right, so the best news for this episode is I'm not flying solo, and you might be thinking, wait a minute, you lit a candle, you must be solo. No, no, no. My wife, Mrs. Cuss, the friendly neighborhood therapist, has joined us on this episode. (laughs) Lisa, welcome back to the show. I'm trying really hard not to laugh as you're describing every beat of lighting your candle and what kind it is and um, laughing and yet loving it all at the same time. I, I'm, I'm hoping for a sponsorship, but I am I, I'm in a dilemma because this is a Hobby Lobby candle. Well, I just, I'm just thrilled that nothing was mentioned about the pumpkin spice candle. Pumpkin spice candle. Yeah. We're now in winter, basically. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're moving on. Yeah. Yes. But since we've got you, what is your thought on pumpkin spice? I like a good pumpkin spice. Yeah. I like the changes because it brings a different feel with each season. Yeah. There's something about pumpkin spice. It's really warm and just feels like you're wrapped up in a big old pumpkin pie. Yeah. Makes you want to hug. Co- yeah. Makes you want to hug. Makes you want to be cozy. Yeah. yeah. So second question then, and this is somewhat related, and now we're moving into gender stereotypes. <laughs> Do you know any men that love pumpkin spice? The most I hear from men is really doesn't bother me. But it clearly bothers you. Yeah, they're not anti. Cause, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel strongly against it. But okay. Yep. Hey, so we're talking about power dynamics. Mm-hmm. M- many of my listeners know you're our friendly neighborhood therapist. You do trauma therapy, attachment mm-hmm. therapy. What's your reaction as you hear this this journey of grappling with power and being liberated and free? What, what are you seeing? Yeah, I mean, one thing that it made me think of is... Um, is the need even in, you know, in myself and in people that I work with to detangle um, the what we think has power over us, you know, and just just take time, whether that's telling story or, you know, when I work with kids, it's playing it out. Um, but detangling the power and naming what we think has power over us, whether that's from the inside or from the outside, But then the step that I think we often forget is you're so clearly stating is just what are we running to for our source of power and that that both are important. Um, Makes me think of a one of my. Yeah, I have a little guy that I've been working with. Um, We do a lot of play therapy. And so we do a lot of fighting, sword fighting. Um, Lately, shields have been involved. Nerf guns have been involved. Yeah, if I may just interrupt, like sometimes the Cuss family will get Amazon deliveries and we're all excited and it's Nerf guns, but it's really for your business. It's for my work. Yeah, Yeah, it's for my work. Yeah. So um, just recently, you know, as I was working with this little guy and we had um, shields and Nerf guns and he was really interested in the difference between reflecting the Nerf bullets and deflecting and kept telling me, no, you know, do it this way so I can reflect and then do it this way so I can deflect. And so, you know, we, we go through all this and I slowly learn, you know, what the difference is. And so at the end, we're sitting down talking and um, he's like, reflecting is when you shoot a bullet and my shield makes it go right back to you. 
so that the bullet is right back on you. And he says deflecting is when you shoot it and it, I deflect it in a way that it just falls off. Well, then you can imagine all the conversation we got into about when in life is important to reflect and when is it important to deflect. And so the words of wisdom, you know, that I brought from him was um, reflecting with people is when you use words to talk about what's going on with somebody else and you can reflect it and have a conversation back. Deflecting is when you are talking to someone and their words are so hard that you just choose to deflect and it just falls off of you and doesn't have any meaning. Mm. And I was like, wow. And then we were getting to talk about the fact that sometimes that power that you need to deflect is from the outside, but sometimes it's from the inside as well. That sometimes there's these, this, this power or this inner critic you know, that says words about us that are not true, that we just need to let fall off of us and then run, I would add, to our true source of power. That's just what I was thinking about as you were talking. Why is it so hard for people? Like you mentioned that one of the things you do is help people detangle. That's a real common thing. People come in overwhelmed or confused. Yeah. But they just need a safe place to be able to, what, unravel. To unravel, to talk through. And um, I mean, a lot of what we're doing is just people come in with almost just this feeling of, you know, and you can't, you know, so we try to put words to it. But a lot of times, you know, we have a tool that we we use to just kind of figure out a lot of it's unknown in a situation and what we do know, like naming what we do know. So we're not overwhelmed by the unknown. And then a lot of it is looking at what are our assumptions that we have? When is it that we're taking the unknown but then making assumptions out of it and acting as if that is truth. You know, that can be about ourselves. That can be about somebody else's intentions. Um, and then we're always trying to, you know, always what I'm trying to do is connect our head brain and our body brain mm-hmm. so that we can figure out, man, what are the emotions or body sensations that are also driving us with these thought processes that we have? And so we call that detangling so that we can figure out, you know, what is true? What are we assuming? And it just brings clarity, you know? Yeah, it really is amazing. Like, like we think we know more than we really know when we actually, like one of the things you have is you actually help have people build a chart. Mm -hmm. What is known? What is unknown? What is um, assumed? And I think is the fourth category, what are the emotions? Yeah, emotions. And then some people have it as emotions. Some people have it as just body body sensations, Mm. like, you know, um, a tightening gut, um, the pit in the stomach, a headache, you know? Yeah. but what happens, I think, is we come in and we think we know more than we really know. Mm-hmm. And when we detangle, it's pretty disturbing how much we don't know and how much we assume based yes. on what we don't know. Yes, yes. And it and it kind of goes what we assume about other people's intentions and then often what we assume about ourselves. Mm. And right-sizing that and getting to truth, um, it's been just super helpful in um, honestly just even relieving anxiety and helping people feel more connected. Hmm. Okay, so listeners, just the simplest thing, like all you have to do is draw four columns and get off the anxiety treadmill, and it takes just a few minutes, mm-hmm. right? It could take longer, but it doesn't have to be yeah. a deep tool. Yeah. And you could just do four columns of what do I know, what is unknown, 
what assumptions am I holding? And you could just say, what am I feeling? Yes. And then I, I yeah. think, Lisa, sometimes you might need someone else's help with that. Because if I were to fill it out by myself, I wonder if I would write things that I think I know, but actually someone else would say, actually, Steve, you don't know that for sure. Yeah. So even like when, you know, when we're working with parents, and honestly, I've had to do this myself. And I've had to do this myself. Like, if I'm if I'm hurt or frustrated by a recurring pattern with a kiddo, right? Um, and you know, other parents that I work with, and we're trying to write down what we know. You know, one of my favorite ones is often comes up. What I know is this kiddo is manipulating me. We're like, okay, you know, mm. let's talk more about that. And any time we assign intention to somebody else, it's an assumption. Mm. It's not a known. So we're always looking at behavior that we see or just any observance when we're trying to figure this out and then figure out our feelings and reactions um, so that we can bring truth and try to figure out what's going on in us and what's going on in the space between us. Um yeah, to bring more healthy connection. Yeah. So for those of you long-term listeners who are fairly aware of our tools, this sounds a lot like third space, the mm -hmm. idea that you can learn to notice when you've crossed into someone else's brain. Okay. So just really tangibly, as you head into the Christmas season, maybe you're carrying a lot. Mm -hmm. It's a really simple tool. Just four columns. What is known? What is unknown? What's assumed? What am I feeling? And maybe even phone a friend and have them help you. Mm -hmm. Because that's that's one of the things we train people is anybody can learn to listen to assumptions in other people and offer that back as a gift. Yeah, absolutely. You you used a word um, where you said a parent might come into you and say, my child is manipulating me. Mm -hmm. It's interesting, Lisa. Like I, um, I notice on Twitter particularly, Sometimes in interactions, people very quickly start accusing of gaslighting. Mm -hmm. And we were doing a uh, masterclass together where this came up as a question. And I thought this would be helpful for the podcast. I wonder if you'd be willing just to help us understand what's gaslighting, what's manipulation, and what's the difference between the two. Because a lot of people say, wait, am I actually gaslighting? Is something else going on? Because it's a very strong word. When you say when you say someone's gaslighting, it kind of shuts down the conversation. Might also be true, though. How would you define gaslighting, first of all? Yeah, and I mean, golly, it's a really important conversation. And <clears throat> I, I think, you know, the more we get into, I mean, how great is it, right, that gaslighting is so well known right now or is becoming so so that we can catch it so that we can bring freedom sooner um, and it's also a term that is thrown around quite a bit um, yeah. and can cause quite a bit of fear as well um, so basically I, I mean I look at it as if we have an umbrella and the umbrella is named manipulation, there's going to be all kinds of things underneath it with varying degrees of severity, right? So lying is a form of manipulation, um, stretching the truth or just kind of twisting it. And honestly, these are things we all do, right? Where <laughs> would be a form of manipulation. Um, triangulation is a form of manipulation. And often, you know, the motivation behind these things is, is a form of control, but it's more about getting what we want. And we, we are stuck in knowing how to get what we want or to get what we think we need, or we're afraid of um, 
showing up with what we really think we need. So we just kind of twist it. And that's that would be all manipulation. Hmm. And then, you know, toward the other end, <clears throat> the more severe end of this umbrella would be um, gaslighting. And gaslighting, the motivation is not just control, but having, you know, total control over another person to the point where you're trying to take away their agency, their autonomy, you're trying to alter their sense of reality. Um, I mean, most of the time, isolation is used as well to try to have power and control over them. So beyond just, man, this is something I really want. I'm trying to get what I want. You're trying to um, gain your power at the expense of another and, and taking theirs away. So that's that's kind of the main difference. Yeah, or, or in gaslighting, you're even trying to intentionally disorient the other. Oh, yeah. To get something for yourself. Altering the reality, bringing, you know, the person into disorientation. Um, you know, clarity is a very common thing that a person who is being gaslit is trying to find. And so the gaslighter um, will go back and forth between taking a role of empowerment mm. and then taking a role of um, manipulation um, and, I mean, extreme forms too, right? Um but, but they go back and forth between empowerment to keep the victim confused and unsure of what clarity and reality is. You know, one of the things that we tell um, kind of someone who is, who is a victim of being gaslighting is that you're, you're always looking for clarity, but you need to look outside of the person who is gaslighting because they'll continue to just um, distort and disorient. couple of things we wanted to do before we wrap up is Lisa and I just got to finish a really neat intensive. It was the Capable Life Intensive. We had 20 people fly in and then with us and our coaches, there were 28 28 of us total. Yeah. So many of you may or may not know, we have a number of people trained to coach Capable Life and most of them are old and dear friends of ours that have been through this system at our church for years. So uh, it's, it's a rare treat that you and I get to work together in this form and we got away for four or five days with these people we had someone come in from spain from canada Canada, yeah it was so much fun and it was our first time to go to lost valley ranch so big shout out to lost valley ranch in colorado that just feels like an absolute gem of a place in the middle of nowhere yeah um with mountains surrounding horseback riding um, archery, fly fishing, like all yeah. kinds of things. Foodie level food. Oh, the food was absolutely off the charts. We went in thinking, you know, we had this schedule that we would have an hour meal and then, you know, we'd, we'd get to work and, um, and then we ended up having meals are just slow and intentional and would last anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours. And man, the connection that was mm. formed around good food and around table and, mm. um, being served even was just amazing being treated yeah yeah amazing group of people that came in and um man the depth 
Yeah. So we want to have a little chat about intensives because we're going to offer more Capable Life intensives next year. Mm-hmm. Um, why do intensives work? Yeah, I think, I think, man, intensives are so important because it, it's, it obviously, you would choose to do one at a point in your life where you're really wanting something, right? Mm. And really kind of searching for, um, for some change. But I think intensives, when you can get away, get out of your own environment, um, go into a kind of a beautiful setting and intentionally have space to work on yourself and find the presence of the Lord um, and where he is, you know, um, amidst all that's going on in your life, it's, it's can be really freeing. Mm. And then you've started offering intensives. So, so our capable life intensives are always in a community. Mm-hmm. We bring in four people, eight people. This time we brought in 20 people as a large intensive, but you've started offering one-on-one intensives for people on their own personal quest. Uh, tell us what that is. If somebody wanted to explore a one-on-one intensive, whether it's with you or there are several groups that offer these kinds of things, how do they know that they're ready for it? Yeah. You know, I think we get to this place in our lives where um, where sometimes we can taste freedom, but it's we keep running into the same things again and again. Yeah. Um, or I know some people who have done a lot of work and we're just not we know something's right around the corner. We're just ready to unlock something that's not quite there yet. So these intensives are designed to do 16 hours of kind of in-depth counseling in four to five days. And so somebody would come in and um, stay in beautiful Colorado, and it would be like four hours of meeting together in the mornings. And then the afternoon and the evening would be um, for life-giving or rest purposes to really be able to um, discover, let whatever we did in the morning really sink in and, um, yeah, to really come in touch with the presence of God. So the beauty of an intensive and four hours time together is that we get to take time to look into um, our stories and get to look into how God is at work. And um, a lot of times there's unresolved uh, unresolved trauma. So we would do um, EMDR together. I am trained in EMDR. We would look at our internal family system that's inside of us, those parts that continue to show up that are so reactive and that, that want to break, you know? Um, you know, I, I've, I've been noticing a lot recently that um, spiritually there's just some um, spiritual misunderstanding and our stories. And when we can go to our places of trauma, um, and refine healthy, secure attachment with God, like it's honestly just, um, an absolute joy to witness. Yeah. So you offer people come and see you, they fly in, mm-hmm. they stay somewhere nice yep. and they spend the mornings with you. Yep. And for those who are not familiar, EMDR is a specialty trauma diffusing technique uh, that requires training and licensure. Mm-hmm. And so they might do EMDR. They might help you. Uh, you may help them figure out the story they tell themselves and sift it through the gospel. Mm-hmm. They might be doing attachment work. They might be doing 
parts of self to understand when they run away or when they fight or flight, things like that. Yeah, we may be doing nervous system. We may be doing family systems. There's all kinds of things we can do. The beauty of an intensive is that you get to be creative Hmm. um, and take time to go where you need to go. And that's the other beauty is you do an intense morning, but then you have the afternoon and evening for reflection, recreation. For fueling. Sleep. Yeah, whatever is needed. Okay, so folks, Lisa's opening up several slots next year um, Mm -hmm. for people who want to explore intensives, and we'll have a way to get in touch with that on the show notes. But at the end of the day, you can go to capablelife.me. You can go to Lisa's website, mypathwayscounseling.com. But you don't have to remember that because there'll be a link in the show notes. Mm -hmm. And if you want to explore an intensive, obviously it's it's no small thing. You can submit a, a form. And even what Lisa will do is is have a little quick Zoom with you to see, is this the right time for you? Is this the right fit? Um, And to be frank, Lisa, if if you may not be the right fit, we know others that do this work. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that we'd be happy to connect you to as well. happy to refer out, absolutely. And then Lisa and I, and also I, will be offering Capable Life Intensives in 2023. These will look different. What, What Lisa's doing is really an intensely therapeutic approach using proper therapy tools. What the Capable Life Intensives do is the one we just wrapped up is they teach you the 10 tools of capable life. It is based on systems theory, but we always put people in groups. So you might come in a group of four or eight or 12, but the same kind of rhythm. We work some, we play some, we feast some, and we'll be offering those in 2023 as well. And you can also submit uh, through the Capable Life uh, website there if you want to get on the waiting list. We have not yet laid out our dates for those. But if this piques your interest, if you're like, oh man, I think I need like an intense one-on-one with a counselor. Or you might think, wow, sitting around with a few peers in a safe room where I can explore my anxiety, learn some of the capable life tools, man, sign me up. Then we just want you to know intensives do a very particular work. You know, all through scripture, it's what we call temporary place. Lisa, I remember we were at Camp Elam and we were ordaining a dear friend of ours, Mm -hmm. Renee. Uh, one of our favorite Capable Life coaches. Mm-hmm. And uh, we asked the camp director at Camp Elam. Camp Elam, folks, is just a, a church camp where we have been going for years. It's a special place for our church family and for us. And we asked Dan, the camp director, if he'd give a devotional uh, as we got ready for this ordination. And I'll never forget, he gave a devotional on the power of temporary place. Mm. And I was not ready for my life to be changed. <laughs> it was really wild. And Dan just opened up scripture for us. And, and here was this simple idea. He said, God does unique work when we get away to a temporary place. Yes. And that's really what the intensive is about. Yes. And so if you're feeling stuck, if you keep running into yourself, maybe you've been listening to this podcast for over a year and you're saying, eh, same old, same old for me. I'm not making any transformation. Then in 2023, maybe it's time to budget some time and some money to intensely get away and really let God do unique work while you're away. So we'll have links in the show notes for that. But what we've learned to be true is we both also offer ongoing steady work. So you see clients every week. Mm -hmm. Um, I have the Capable Life community where people can join. We have the journal that we built together. And it seems to us, Lisa, that real transformation happens in some combination of intensives and ongoing work. Yeah. What's your take on that? Yeah, absolutely. It, um, what we know is that a lot of times grief is chunked, you know, 
and that when we chunk grief and really, you know, get through a lot at one time, then it allows us to continue the process, you know, day by day later. And I think searching through as we get older, we're we're constantly making deeper meaning of our story um, right alongside the story of God and how we fit into that. Um, and so an intensive allows us to make some headway so that we can then take that that learning and just continue along, but maybe at a, at a faster pace for a bit. Yeah. So as we wrap up this season, it's just as always been a tremendous honor to just be a trusted guide and a trusted voice in your life. Um, every season we get more listeners. It's really humbling. We've been doing this podcast since November of 2018 when we first started. I remember reaching out to some people asking if they'd come on the show, having no idea if they'd say mm-hmm. yes. And some of those first guests, Lisa, I'm just thinking of like Nancy Ortberg, right. who's become such yeah. a dear friend and a, a trusted voice. Yeah. Um, Kay Warren, mm-hmm. I remember she was one of the first people to say yes. Makoto Fujimura. Uh, of course, our dear friends, Jeff and Sherry Surratt, Glenn yeah. Packiam. I'm just thinking back to that first season. And we had, I think we were so excited because we had like 300 downloads a month. <laughs> but it all start, started with people who believed in us. Yeah, believed right? in us and yeah. then um, have really helped us meet some incredible people. Mm-hmm. And just to give you a preview of next year, uh, we'll go back to that format of sometimes it'll be me, sometimes it'll be me and Lisa, sometimes it'll be a guest that we're interested mm-hmm. in in 2023. Uh, We'll be back in, I believe it's the second week of January in 2023. But listen, just as we close, I just want to continue to challenge you. It's the one gong I keep hitting. You can't listen your way to change. You can't read your way to change. You need a safe space. You need a trusted guide. You need someone that's been down the road that can help you. You need someone that's been trained to put together a set of transformation tools. You, You know, you can do it the hard way. Lisa went back to graduate school and got a mental health degree. Then she did 2,000 hours of supervised therapy to become a licensed therapist. I did 1,600 hours of supervised ministry in clinical pastoral education and chaplaincy and then studied systems theory in grad school and then read every book I could find and forged the Capable Life tools. That's the hard way. We've done it for you. Mm -hmm. Or you can do it the easy way. And you can let people like us create a path that you can walk. All you have to do is walk the path. So capablelife.me, you can grab a journal if you want a 12-week experience. You can sign up for the annual membership, which is our deepest dive and honestly our best value. You can get on the waiting list for an intensive for 2023 and we'll email you and follow up as soon as we have dates. But listen, there's no need for 2023 to be more of the same. If you're tired of more of the same and try harder, next year can be different. We'd love to help. If we cannot help you, we know many people that can. We'd be happy to connect you with those people. We hope you have a fantastic 2022 Christmas season. We hope it's full of the peace and joy that Christ promises that is often elusive. And uh, thanks for joining us. And Lisa, thanks for jumping on the show again. It's always good to be on. We'll see you next year. For more resources, visit stevecuswords.com or missyoualliance.org.